on the hot beaches of France. I'm here to tell you we need to stop the ban on burkinis. Just say no to the ban on burkinis. Banning burkinis will just inflame the terrorists and give them one more reason to hate us. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, today I'm going to be talking all about burkinis. <laughs> I'm going to look at the origins of the burkini and both sides of the current controversy over the ban. There is quite a civil war going on in France over this the question of whether or not women should be banned from wearing burkinis on the beach. So today I'm going, and it's not just, it's, it's coming out particularly now, um, becoming more newsworthy now in France because of the recent attack in France. But really this, the burkinis have been around for quite a while. And it is of course, because of the escalating fear about terrorist attacks that this whole issue of banning burkinis uh, has really blossomed. So today I'm going to be talking about what is a burkini, the origins of burkinis, uh, the controversy in France, what people are saying is the reason why they want to ban it and what the real reasons are. And I'm going to talk to you about how I felt I was actually originally for bans on burkinis and I'll tell you why I flipped. <laughs> you may have <laughs> flipped my opinion, flipped how I believe on it. I haven't yet flipped, although I must admit that looking at the headlines each day with the world is getting increasingly out of control, it is easy for everyone to flip and that's kind of what's happening. Anyway, getting back to burkinis, let's talk about what a burkini is, first of all. A burkini, the word, is a combination of the word burqa, a Muslim dress, and bikini, swimwear. And it is really neither one. It's sort of a melding together of um, the two very different kinds of clothes. A bikini being very revealing, very sexy, and a burqa trying to uh, cover that, trying to make women asexual, essentially, trying to not have men uh, be sexually stimulated when they look at women. That's what this is really all about. And going with the, you know, wanting to keep women modest, um, looking modest, even just with the headscarf, uh, it's just, it's about modesty. And it really is about the men. And it's about the men controlling the women. But it's interesting, you know, obviously with the long years of women being put down in um, Middle Eastern countries, and, and in general, um, a very um, tradition where women are supposed to be um, subservient to men, you know, it's no wonder that men are controlling, want to control what women wear. So it is, a burkini is essentially a wetsuit, and some have more or less uh, coverings on top of that, um, like a, typically a tunic kind of top. So that this issue of whether they can be carrying a bomb, which is the issue brought forth in France that I'll get into, um, really, you know, in a wetsuit, you can't really hide or it'd be very difficult to hide a, a bomb or a big gun or something like that. But there is a tunic. And so theoretically, 
even if you had the um, weapon uh, under your wetsuit, or or you could you could conceal a weapon under a burkini. Most of the types of burkinis. So that has been the argument. But we'll get into the real psychological reasons for this ban in a little bit. Um, the um, there has been a controversy. It's it's not only France that has. Uh, had a controversy over burkinis, but it's not quite as much of a hot topic in other countries at this moment. Um, but there have been bans, there are bans in some other countries to this day. So let's look at the, it's, there's an interesting origin of the burkini. It was actually um, made by a woman who, a Muslim woman who, um, lived in Australia. Now, um, it, it, you know, you would think a burkini, it didn't origin, originate in Europe, and it, nor the Middle East, nor a country that it has a Muslim majority. It actually was made by a woman in Australia. And this woman uh, is named Aheda Zanidi, Zanetti, and she's doing quite well for herself with her business of um, sportswear and uh, burkini sportswear similar to burkinis with a similar um, concept and she says I wanted to change the Islamic symbol of a veil I wanted to make sure we blended in with the Australian lifestyle now this actually started in the early 2000s uh, in Sydney where she lived she was born in Tripoli Lebanon and moved to Australia when she was two and she said that it was when she first saw her young niece playing her first game of netball um, in Australia. And she saw that her niece was wearing her team uniform on top of traditional Islamic attire. She said, when I looked at her, she looked like a tomato. So um, she decided Ms. Zanetti decided that she would create something that would help her niece blend in more and be more um, uh, adjusted, more useful for playing sports. And so that's what she did. Uh, she said she got angry watching her niece, you know, watching how her niece was made to play, you know, how, um, how she was restrained by and actually separated, you know, different, um, by, and <laughs> looked like a tomato. So, so she created, originally, she created what she called a hijab, jude, hijud, a, a combination of hijab and hood. And it was something to help women, Muslim women, play sports more easily. And she started this business in 2004, and then she started moving into swimwear. And that's where the burkini was born. She said she saw Muslim women wading into the water wearing burqas, and um, and it you know was very unwieldy. I mean, quite frankly, I don't know how women swim even in these burkinis. I, I mean, it's it's made out of material that the bathing suit type material, and that's supposed to swim with you and all that. But but. Um, you certainly, it seems to me that you would be pulling along an extra, um, a lot of extra fabric and that that would impede you, uh, impede your swimming. So this Turkish company who, that claims 
um, to have been producing body covering swimsuits for Muslims. Um, states claims that they've been doing this since the early 1990s, um, but, which I guess shows the advantage, shows how important marketing is because, you know, when Zanetti called it a burkini, it kind of took off. Um, she made these for, for the lifeguards. She made these uh, bold yellow and red designs. She made them a little tighter and shorter so that the lifeguards could actually swim and save people, which was kind of smart. She says that she has sold over 700,000 garments, not just burkinis, but her other sportswear garments since, um, since 2008. And, um, you know, when she, when she made her company, and especially the burkinis, she had, since then she's gotten tons and tons of media attention. But before it was more positive and sort of curious attention. And she says now everyone thinks we're hiding bombs in our burkinis. Da, da, da. So, <laughs> so let's look at what's been happening in France. Um, in France, um, there is um, there was the July 14th terror attack in Nice, of course, <coughs> where a truck driver killed 86 people and, uh, as I said before, um, hurt, injured uh, scores more and, um, of course, devastated this town uh, that was in the middle of celebrating um, July 14th, you know, the, the holiday, Independence Day. And it was, you know, it was um, horrendous. I don't have to, don't have to talk more about that. It, not only was, I mean, there had been, of course, the attacks in France before that, and these recently um, in Paris, in particular, but I mean, and then in, in other small countries too. But there, somehow there was something about that truck driver, and it being the holiday and the Independence Day and so on and this and the numbers of people that were killed and injured that, that and the way that they were killed and injured there was just something in this the beautiful south of France if you've I've been to the south of France um I lived in Paris for almost three years and I've, I've been to Cannes for the film festival and um so on and so I feel that France is my home. It's like a second home. And so this is hurt, hurting me um, particularly. You know, I feel like um, these, these attacks in France, just like the 9-11 uh, attack in New York, where I was, where I was born and raised, um, it feels particularly painful for me because it's like attacking my home. So anyhow, the south of France is beautiful and peaceful and um, calm beaches. I mean, it's just so um, opposite to what the attack made the scene look like. Anyhow, so they, um, that's why Nice was, you know, the leader in, um, in uh, organizing or, or um, uh, trying to get other towns to follow their lead uh, in banning the burkini. Now, what they, the reason that they gave was because of this idea that bombs could be um, could be hidden under the tunics of the burkinis, um, but but re but that really wasn't the truth. I mean, yes, of course, that is the truth. And believe me, I will be all for banning burkinis again, just like I had been at the very beginning. Um, if indeed it turns out that a suicide bomber um, does hide a bomb in her burkini. Um, I, but 
you know, I mean, for that matter, Muslim women wearing traditional Muslim dress could be uh, hiding a bomb, you know, in, in their regular clothes. It doesn't have to be a burkini. Of course, it's not usually, it's much fewer women who uh, become suicide bombers than men in the first place. But anyhow, what the real reason is, um, is the fact that um, the, it's, it's fear. I mean, let's just call, uh, call it what it is. Um, people are scared. And um, when they see women wearing such traditional Muslim dress, the burkini that comes with a headscarf, um, you know, it's not only covering the whole body, it's also, of course, has a headscarf with it. And um, it's, it's fear primarily, and it's also a symbol of the loss of French identity. And that is, I, I, it's so important to French people. I mean, having lived in France, um, every country's cultural identity is important to them. But there is something really special about French people and their uh, desire, their pride in their French identity. I mean, if you visited France, for example, and um, haven't spoken French, um, you you know you know how how a lot of French people get sort of uh, insulted that you're not speaking their language. When I was living there, or whenever I go there, I quickly um, um, start speaking French. So you know, I look. I always, as much as I try to look like a French woman, I am usually spotted as an American. And so I quickly start talking French um, so that they'll be nice to me. Um, and I went to medical school in Belgium where I spoke French, where I went to school in France. The classes and everything were in French. Um, so, yes, I speak French fluently and I put it out there right away so that I am treated nicely. Um, so that's just an example of, you know, it's not just how the French language, it's the French food and the French dress and, and everything. And, and that's great. I think that's wonderful. I try to be French. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, what's been happening is that over the years there have been more, and I mean, I saw it from the time I was in medical school and it has only increased every year, the number of immigrants flooding into France. And so the burkini is not just um, scary because it's Muslim traditional uh, attire, but it's scary because it's like people in France not dressing like French people. It's kind of like not speaking like French people, but it, you know, it's even more obvious. They don't have to open their mouth before you can tell that they're not, um, what, native born. I mean, many of them have been born in France, but you know, they are not French in the, in the way that French people like to think of France. Okay. So that is what's really at the bottom of this. The fear, of course, fear of more terrorist attacks. It's kind of like what happens um, to us in America, um, where we, uh, you know, I, I talk about how we're all in such denial. Um, in fact, that was one of my earliest podcasts. You might want to listen to it. I talk about how we're all in denial of terrorism um, in America until, I mean, we've, the denial has been broken through a little bit more as there have been more and more attacks. But, but the one place that breaks through our denial is when we go to the airport and we're made to take off our shoes. 
suddenly it's like, oh yes, there are terrorists and there are terrorist attacks, even though of course we're bombarded with news of terrorism every day. But um, part of our mind doesn't want to, to process that. And so it's still kind of a little uh, scary shock when we have to take our shoes off. It's similar to what's been happening in France with women wearing burkinis. It's like a, a reminder. And there's a psychological reason for it. I mean, it's like PTSD where it triggers your memories of some scary, painful, life-threatening experience. So what do you think the people in the south of France think of when they see women on the beaches um, wearing burkinis? They think of the attack that happened in Nice. And then they think of the attacks that happened in Paris and, and other attacks throughout the country. So it's, it's for them, you know, you can really get this. For them, it's that it's like ruining beaches for the French people in the sense that they can't, instead of feeling peaceful and relaxed like and, and having a day of fun like you normally do at the beach that you look forward to, there's this reminder, these reminders all over the place of women in burkinis who, who bring them back to reality. Like, life is not a beach. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not, it's, there, there are harsher things in life than just relaxing on this sun-drenched beach. So I get it. And, you know, perhaps there should be, perhaps one solution would be that there should be some beaches where there are uh, bikinis, burkinis are banned. Um, that would be one solution. You know, is that fair? Mm, questionable. Well, the, the higher court um, said that just this past week that um, in the, that they didn't go for this, you know, uh, argument about the risk of bombs being under burkinis. So they said, quote, in the absence of such risks, the emotions and the concerns resulting from terrorist attacks, and especially from the attack on July 14th, are insufficient grounds to legally justify the contested ban. Um, and they also found that the burkinis posed no risk to hygiene, de decency, or safety when swimming. So this, the cities are pretty much um, capitulating to the rule of this higher court. Um, during, the, during the time, though, that they were banning it, there were at least 30 fines that were issued to women wearing burkinis. Um, and the, the, uh, the law, chief lawyer, actually it was, for the city, um, said, in these said that the city was almost on the brink of civil war. And, you know, I, I really totally get it. I think, um, you know, how would, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're in America, I mean, think about it. How would you feel if, now there aren't as many Muslim women in America who would wear burkinis? Um, for a number of reasons, you know, mostly because they're more, they believe more in a, in a more modern lifestyle and so on. But what if, what if there were um, Muslim women on beaches in America who chose to wear burkinis? Um, that would be reminders. I mean, think about that for a minute. You know, this isn't just something that's, especially, this isn't just something that's happening, you know, far away in France and some other countries. Um, what if it came to America? Would you like to be reminded every minute about um, about terrorism? You know, the, the uh, through it triggering our memories? I don't think so. Still, for right now, 
Um, I, I think that it is, there's more of a risk. Um, you know, as I said, I was originally for the band. And um, at this point, I think that uh, it's more of a, um, of a risk to flan, fan the flame of um, wannabe terrorists um, to give them another reason to hate us. Now, the reason why I was originally for the band was because it makes me uncomfortable to see women in traditional Muslim dress because it triggers my memories of 9-11 and other terrorist attacks. And, um, and as I was starting to say, if you're being honest, you'll admit that it would make you uncomfortable too. So, um, so when you think of Nice, where the attack was at a beach, was actually on their beach, uh, of course it's understandable that they would want to ban them. So, um... Let's, uh, you know, there, there, I was saying that there were other countries where, um, where there were different uh, attitudes towards the ban and different, some country, other countries had bans as well. Now, um, in Britain, uh, there was, there were, um, there wasn't really much of a response. In fact, I mean, there were, of course, there were differing views, but uh, the newspaper, The Sun, published an article showing Muslim women in uh, body-covering garments playing on the beach in Brighton. And the quote from the uh, newspaper was, British Muslims enjoy day at the beach in Islamic dress while French women face arrest for doing the same. Um, you know, it's so interesting. There are so many things that go into this. It's not just about a, a, a swimsuit. You know, it's also about your attitudes towards sex. It's also about your attitudes toward gender. How much should women be um, subservient to men? Um, there are so many, you know, body issues um, that where uh, some, some women, it's interesting, some women, uh, like for example, the television chef in Great Britain, Nigella Lawson, she's not Muslim. But she wore a burkini on vacation in Australia five years ago. She's been wearing a burkini that she bought at Marks and Spencer in London, and um, because there was there's another another company that makes the burkinis now, and um, so you you gotta you gotta think about why Nigella would wear um, would wear a burkini. And I don't know, I don't know this for a fact, but my, my guess, my, <laughs> my caddy, <laughs> maybe it's being caddy, but I would wonder that a woman who um, is a chef might, um, might have body issues and might feel more comfortable wearing a burkini and not having, and she's famous, and you know, not having everyone stare at her and uh, wonder how she does or doesn't keep her figure um, being this uh, television chef. Then we have um, former French President Nicolas Sarkozy um, calling the, the um, burkini provocation. Um, and then J.K. Rowling's from um, Harry Potter fame uh, thinks or says 
So Sarkozy calls the burkini a provocation. Whether women cover or uncover their bodies seems we're always asking for it. That's such a cool um, commentary. You know, it's true. Just like women get blamed for rape and uh, domestic violence and all of that. So there's lots of parts to this, you know, lots of issues. It's not just a bathing suit. There are lots of pro reasons why you would be pro and con. Um, then, then there's North Africa, and um, there was a Facebook page that was meant to shame women wearing bikinis. Um, they, they, and, and uh, they, they condemned the obscene nudity of women on the beaches wearing bikinis. Um, in, before the French ban, many private hotels and pools in Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia banned burkinis, and they claimed it was because of hygiene. And, um, and, and then they say, but, but it's the private institutions. It's not, um, it's not the government in Morocco or Algeria or Tunisia, since there are a lot of Muslims in these countries. Um, it, it, but it was these private, you know, uh, tourist industry hotels. And, and, you know, obviously they're probably doing that to, to get more business. They don't want, they're probably some guests spoke out about uh, being uncomfortable seeing women in burkinis. Then, um, but it's so, it's so, it varies so much. In Senegal, a Muslim country, no one seems to notice or care what anyone wears on the beach. Um, there were, one day recently, there were male bathers wearing jeans, white briefs, or board shorts. Women were wearing long dresses, burkinis, bikinis, and one-piece swimsuits. Um, then Germany, they don't care in Germany. Of course, Germany is being overrun by immigrants and they are more politically correct than, um, than perhaps even America. Um, there was an interesting, um, there are some places in Germany, however, that do ban burkinis. Individual cities like a small town in Bavaria uh, that banned burkinis in public pools and in Brandenburg. But for the most part, it's they're not banned. And then there was a, um, an instance, incident where the parents of a Muslim girl in Frankfurt asked that she be exempted from swimming classes that included boys. And they um, came to a compromise and said she could wear a burkini in these classes. So then uh, in Italy, they don't really care. Um, Russia. It has been banned in some places. I mean, it's, you know, all, all over the place. Um, uh, it's just these varied kinds of opinions about it and for these varied reasons. But the bottom line, um, really, whether they say it's for hygiene or a bomb or um, whatever the, the stated reason, the underlying reason is fear and and um, these unconscious triggering of memories. In the United States, um, there are, there, you know, we haven't, it, it's interesting that it hasn't really become so much of an issue here um, yet. <laughs> yet. And I say yet because, again, um, there, the, the um, question, the number of terrorist attacks have been increasing all over the world. And um, I think it's part of our denial, actually, 
to um, not care about a ban on burkinis and, and our attitude of being more laissez-faire in general about what people wear. Well, now we've come to the portion of the show uh, that is Ask the Terrorist Therapist, where I answer your emails and letters. So I have a letter um, from um, Melissa. Dear Terrorist Therapist, I just returned from a vacation in the south of France. It has changed a lot from when I went there before on my vacations. There are so many more immigrants, and the French people are very scared. One day, a car backfired, and it made a loud noise. Every day, everybody started running away in fear. There was a lot of angry arguing about burkinis. Some were for them, and some were against them. I felt sorry for the Muslim women who were being given dirty looks because they were wearing a burkini or were taunted and yelled at. But I must admit, it made me scared to see them in a burkini because they could hide a bomb under there. Then I felt guilty for wanting to ban burkinis. It still bothers me. Please help. Well, yes, Melissa, I think this is a crisis of conscience that we are all going through, or we should go through. I mean, I'm trying to, today, uh, trying to bring out all the different issues so that at least we can think about, ask ourselves, why it is that we would be for or against burkinis. And, um, you know, I think that the, the, first of all, there is a dangerous precedent in people being told, women or men, being told what to wear unless there is more of a, of a specific um, uh, reason than, than this. I mean, if, if bunches of women started hiding bombs in their bikinis, for example, that would be a, a reason. But it's a dangerous precedent to start controlling what people wear and um, to ban certain things uh, unless there are good reasons, and particularly it's a dangerous precedent in regard to women, in regard to um, controlling women. There's um, a wonderful cartoon that is on the internet where um, there's a woman in a bikini who, um, and a Muslim man on one side and an American-looking man on the other side, and the Muslim man is lifting up her, her I mean, is putting down her burkini, her burkini, and the um, American man is lifting up her burkini to show her bikini. So, you know, the point is women should not be, uh, she, this woman just looks like she wants to swim, and they should not, women should not be under the control of men being, even Muslim women should not, should think about this, you know? Do they want to wear, if they want to wear a burkini, that's one thing, that's great. Well, you want to know my solution to this whole problem? <laughs> My solution, besides what I had said before, that um, the idea that perhaps there should be beaches where um, it is banned and, and not banned, but um, the one solution would be if we all wear burkinis, then that way it wouldn't be a Muslim um, dress, like it wouldn't be just Muslims who wear that, and we wouldn't have to worry about our weight. If we weren't, if we don't look like Barbie, and don't have perfect figures, then wouldn't it be nice to not have to wear a bikini that shows everything and be able to hide a little bit under burkinis and still kind of look cool? There are some burkinis that are very pretty, so um, uh, doesn't mean that we still can't look pretty on the beach. Um, 
Well, I hope I've given you lots of things, lots of food for thought and, um, and, and, and things to talk about when um, people bring this up and you can bring it up whether or not we should have a ban you'll get your friends talking with you and your family talking with you for hours about all the reasons pro and con well hi i'm dr carol your terrorist therapist thank you for listening to the terrorist therapist show and tune in next time look for my next podcast and i'll try to bring you another interesting topic Thank you.